Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Yeah, I feel like we've uh, feel like we've talked about similar games yeah. with similar results a few times this year. I think it's four losses now by eight points or less in the last uh, two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it, it, you go back and look at that game. It, you know, Auburn played hard the whole game. They were in it the whole game. Uh, you just got down to the last couple of minutes, and they didn't execute as well. Um, KD made a great shot there to tie. Oh yeah, up. absolutely. But other than that, um, Vanderbilt made most of the plays, getting offensive rebounds, of course getting that layup with a second left. Um, yeah, Auburn's just got to got to be able to close out games a little bit better. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is is the the recurring theme, finish, and, and Auburn's inability to to go ahead and, and um, you know, win, win that tight ball game there at the end. I mean, that's something that Bruce Pearl teams – had had a knack of doing winning those close games. This year has has uh, it's been a different story though. It is. I think one of the problems is, and it's been Auburn's one of Auburn's biggest issues throughout the season. And it's just their perimeter defense. 
when you get to end the games, you know, and we saw this with uh, the way Jared Harper would finish games, right? Mm-hmm. You give it to your guy, he drives or hits a hits a shot, right? And um, teams are able to do that against Auburn really effectively uh, because Auburn's not as good as it needs to be uh, defending on the perimeter. Um, they don't have that five that can step, you know, you know, they don't have Walker Kessler back there that just rejects anything that comes to the right. lane. You know, they've got some good, good fives, they're just not that type of five. And, um, you know, it's just they've gotten better in that area, right? They're not giving up. Yeah, I don't feel like Auburn is really playing badly right. in a lot of these losses. I mean, the uh, you know, since the Texas for the first Texas A and M loss, uh, they had a they had a rough first half against West Virginia, yep. but since then they played pretty well. Uh, they haven't played great. Well, they have in a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, you know, Georgia and Missouri. Yeah. I thought Auburn really really played well, yeah. but in the other games, it's not that they played so poorly. It's just um, you know. One thing here or there, and then the inability to, to just go ahead and, and, and make a play or two at the very end of the ball game. I mean, yesterday you had some, uh, not yesterday, Saturday mm-hmm. night, you had some really, you had a couple of really good performances. Jalen Williams was great in the first right. half. Janai Broom was outstanding in the second half. It really was, yeah. I mean, those two guys, but Auburn really didn't have a third guy. Mm-mm. I guess Leor was probably Auburn's third high scorer, wasn't he? Had eight points of another right. second. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Wynn had an off game. Yeah, um, Wend- Wendell has had uh, has struggled now in back-to-back game shooting. He really has. I think he's like two for his last eighteen. Yep. Uh, Flanagan never really asserted himself. He hit the three at the end of the first half. What did he finish with? Five. Five points. Yeah. KD was efficient. I mean, he had six points on two of five shooting. It hit that big three. It was nice, but really nobody else stepped up um, that was close to double digits other than Leor Borman. And, he, you know, he was three for five. And, and Leor was, was hot early and he had a couple of shots that were so open yeah. that it looked like he, you know, he, he had too much adrenaline and just missed them yep. because he had two really good open looks there in the second half. Auburn just couldn't hit that big shot to go ahead and put things away. They led most of the second half until the very end. The crazy thing, Brian, this one was similar uh, in in one respect to the the Texas A&M loss that Auburn suffered the second game, the one out there in College Station in the free throw differential. And the one that was crazy, uh, Auburn dominated the paint yep. except for the Vandy big man, just every t- it seemed like every time he turned, there was another foul, and he shot twice as many free throws as Auburn. Yeah, uh, I mean one player, and it wasn't you know you're talking about the perimeter defense. I, he hit a three, yeah. so did Jedi, but he only had three field goals in the entire game: yeah. two two pointers, three a three pointers, yep. and seventeen of twenty at the free throw line. Yep. Uh, Leon Robbins and. Uh, and he got a bunch of rebounds. He had 12 rebounds. A bunch of those were offensive. Mm-hmm. He killed Auburn on the offensive boards late in that game, I thought. And, you know, you watch him, you can see he's, he just he wants to mix it up and be physical. And the way he plays is going to draw those fouls. That's just, I mean, I, I don't well, necessarily I, think that um, it's the rest fault. That's just the way, when I look at Auburn, I, I just see, and I'm not trying to be mean to him, but I just see a, a team that's more finesse than power, right? And... When they play more physical teams or teams that are willing to be more physical, they just 
they do not get foul calls because teams know that you know they're not going to drive and finish on the rim through contact. They're just not capable of doing that. Yeah, well, Robbins didn't get a lot. A lot of his free throws weren't while he was driving and and right. and, and mostly scoring. fake shots. It, and, yeah, there, there was a lot of that, and then there were a couple of times where he reached in and was able to get a jump ball without a foul call. Yeah, and I thought, eh, well, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's tough now. So now. Auburn is, you know, Auburn's got a home game Wednesday night, late game Wednesday night, and Brian, Dan, and I were talking about this a little while ago. I'm, I'm sort of wondering what the crowd is going to be like for an 8 o'clock Wednesday night game against Ole Miss because it seems like the last couple of games, you know, uh, you, they're, they're, you've had to sort of herd people down yeah. and get the bottom filled. And well, this is going to be a tough one for out-of-town folks to come to right. because it's a late game here midweek. Well, and it's against a bad Ole Miss yeah. team. And the 6 o'clock games are tough to get to, too, because people don't get off work right. time, right? That's so true. It's, it's either or. You oh, yeah. Uh, have to leave work early or, or, or make it to the game late. If it's 6, if it's 8, then you're if you come down here, you got to be prepared to get home late and mm-hmm. maybe hurt in the next morning, right? So, um yeah, it's a little tough, but I, I would expect the people that show up, you know, are going to show up if they can to support this team. I mean, I think. And, and um, this is, uh, and Bruce has, Bruce has talked about must win, saying the Missouri game was a must win. Yeah. This is an absolute must win. It, it really is. You lose this one, and, the, you know, I, I know that the metrics all say Auburn's still in good shape, but you lose this so one, you got, a, like you got a chance of losing nine of your last 12 yep. uh, and, and finishing, you know, under 500 in the SEC if you lose this one. Yep. They're 8-6 and six now. If they can beat Ole Miss, which is the 13th team in the SEC, I believe. Right. It could be 9-6. and six. At Kentucky, at Alabama, doesn't look very promising. No, Kentucky all of a sudden uh, is, is playing a little better. Yeah, which is not surprising. Right? Nope. You know, they, they get great players. Eventually, the great players start playing you know, better as the team the season goes on. Um, but you do finish at home against Tennessee, which could end up being a monumental game. Oh, you're right. I mean, and, and Tennessee has been struggling. It's 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 interesting. The only win that they have in their last five is is a win over Alabama. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they, you know, Vandy's beaten them. They they were beaten uh, by Kentucky on Saturday. So uh, so yeah, ten, Tennessee's trying to rebound as well. That's where it was huge. If Auburn and they didn't. If Auburn had won Saturday, they're tied for third, and they've yep. got a chance at, at having the, uh, the tiebreakers if they beat Tennessee. Yep. But now they're just uh, they're, they're hoping that they can um, – uh, they'd love to be able to get in the top four. It's going to be tough to do, though, because right now they're, they're fifth. Yeah, especially when you, when you think about Kentucky and Alabama and the odds of Auburn winning those games. Right. You know? Well, Auburn hadn't won in Lexington in 25 years, and Alabama is Alabama's yeah. really, really good. Yep. So – but we'll see. The, the big thing they need to do is take care of Ole Miss right. Wednesday and then see what they can do in the next two weeks. Absolutely. Bill and Brian, Dan's about to join in. We, we have the, the, missing, the missing pieces, I believe, are all here now. Let me go ahead and let you know that hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they also are the sponsor of our hotline. You can join us by calling 334 321 1390 or you can text us and drew will relay that to us the uh, the drive text box sponsored by southeastern industrial contractors net number 334-564-1840 we'll get to our first break of the afternoon and uh, we should have the whole crew when we come back here on the monday drive from franklin tire 
This is Marcus agreeing to a fun winter game night, the kind with fun rules. Okay, so the first player asks the second player to pick the third player's weapon. Fun discussions. Oh, wow, guys. And other fun reasons not involving staying in and sleeping on the bed he got at Mattress Firm's President's Day sale. There, he found great deals, like a king for the price of a queen and up to $700 in savings on Sealy. So shop Mattress Firm's President's Day sale, like Marcus, and miss out on winter plans, not sleep. Restrictions apply. See store mattressfirm.com for details. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingaroner, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. On ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, guys. It's good to be uh, good, good to be able to join you on the air. Enjoyed first segment sounded pretty good from where I was sitting, but we are uh, uh, we are we, we should be we should be back and ready to go. Got a feeling it may be the stream. Uh, so um, yeah, it's it's uh, great to be here at Franklin Tire. Brian Matthews, MarburnSports.com, joining us as well. And uh, Brian, before we before we continue, I mean, just talk about. I mean, it is a fun time of the year. It is. Good. So many different things going on. Just uh, talk about all the things that folks will find there at AuburnSports.com. Well, speaking of all things going on, is starting a week from today is football practice. That is exactly so Monday right. Monday afternoon, they're going to strap them up, and um, we got a chance to talk to um, you, Freeze, for just a little while this morning. He had a bunch of stuff lined up, but we got in there for about 15 or so minutes. And he, I'm waiting my turn. Yeah. And he <laughs> talked about practice, and he said one thing they, they've decided they want to do is to press these players a little, a little bit early. Yeah, I'm to sure. To see who wants to take the hard coaching, to see who needs, you know, a little bit more oomph there. Um, so expect to have a physical spring. It's spread out over almost six weeks, you know, with that week right. break for spring break in there. So I think that's good. Right, if somebody gets banged oh, yeah, up, they can come back. Well, you know? it's, it's, it's practice time. more time for retention, too, so they get time to yeah. try to have it sink in a little bit. I, I know that uh, I know he said you know, he'll be happy if they get a third of everything installed. They just want to try to, they want to, try to figure out who can do what yep. and what they can do as best as possible. So, also, also, if you just look at this team, it's going to have to be a blue-collar team, right? You, you don't see you would a bunch think. of su- yeah. superstars sure on think. this team. You know, there's some really there's some good players, mm-hmm. but it's going to have to be a team that just really fights and uh, learns how to win close games and, and plays really physical at the line of scrimmage. Those it feels like things. feels like a diplomatic way of saying this is a team that's going to be uh, it's going to struggle to throw the ball compared to everyone else in the conference. I mean, when you say blue collar, is that what you're sort of? I mean, well, maybe I, we don't know for sure who's going to be the quarterback yet, and there may be a new a new person, uh, you know, in May. So that's that's to be, you know. And your assessment of the team would probably change if Auburn brought in a new a starting right, quarterback, right. you know, as far as what the offense you know profiles as. So I mean, I would just think that's that's a. I mean, I think part of the reason Auburn's going to be as blue collar as you say uh, they're going to be right now. Part of the reason Auburn would project that way is because this looks like an offense. That's 
it's going to be very reliant on the run game. Right. Yeah. Plus, if, plus, if you look at this team in the roster, how many years have you gone into a spring when you could legitimately say every job on the offense is up for grabs? Quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, tight end. There is nobody in that group that I can say is 100% going to be a starter. Maybe a newcomer. I, I was going to say, I, I feel pretty good about Jarquez Hunter. Yeah, yeah. But, but they did bring in a transfer to compete right. with them, right? Right. So you never know. Um, and then defensively, you got Marcus Harris on the D line, right? Uh, you've got a really good secondary coming back. You got some really good players there, but you know most of the D line and most of the linebacker jobs are up for grabs there, too. There would be a lot of competition, even if Auburn returned its coaching staff from last year, and Auburn doesn't return its. Coaching I wonder. Staff. I wonder how many of these there players, many players would left. still be competing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's yeah. exactly right. No, I, I just can't I imagine. Think there, what I think that there would have been a much like. larger exodus of players. Oh, if there had been a if there had been a third year of the yeah. previous regime. Yeah, you, you don't imagine. think. Yeah, well, no, well, you know, not to rehash old arguments, but that's, you know, the the concern wasn't just the players leaving; it was the lack of players buying. Oh, into you're the right. Sales pitch. You're right. But first of all, up. first what of all, you weren't bringing more players, new players in, and I think you would have had more players leave. Right. Yeah. And and this, I think that's that's one of the sneaky things that Hugh Freeze has done well in the last uh, few weeks since he took this job is. Recruiting isn't just about reaching out to high school players and getting them to sign up. It's not just about going into the transfer portal and getting those players to sign up. It's about convincing players on the roster right now that could go to the NFL draft or could go into the transfer portal and go play somewhere else. It's about convincing them that the the best thing for all parties involved is if those players stay at Auburn. And Hugh Freeze, I'll, I'll defer to you on this, Brian, but I think Hugh Freeze has done a good job re-recruiting yeah. some of the players that some of the players we're talking about here that wouldn't have stuck around if they had if, if Auburn had kept uh, the previous regime or if they'd gone in a different direction as far as who they hired after letting Brian Harson go. Uh, Auburn would have. I mean, you, just just on the offense, right? You think about Landon King, who, yeah. was, who was all but gone right. already. Uh, Javarius Johnson has been in the portal mm-hmm. before. Hard to imagine a situation where he's back if Auburn doesn't make the right moves in the off season. Jarquez Hunter, I mean, you think he's through and through, but if if you know if this thing had, if this thing had bottomed out, Cadillac Williams is coaching somewhere else. I mean, I mean, it's 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 virtually the entire roster, right? As far as players that you would project as D1 players elsewhere, a lot of them were re-recruited by Hugh Freeze or his coaches, and that's why they're still at Auburn. Absolutely, and there's really nobody to me that's left that um, necessarily uh, I felt like was going to be a, a starter or an impact player next year. So they didn't really lose any, anybody. Ke- Keandre like might have started. Hurts. Keandre Jones, I think, would have been on the would have been the, the closest thing of the players who right. of the players who left in the portal. But he sort of lost his starting job last. last he did. Year, so he, who did. Knows? he did. He did. He did. But he he feels like the only one to me of the players who transferred elsewhere in college football this yeah. offseason. Now some players, just, you know, guys who went in the draft, things like that's a little bit different. But of the guys who stayed in college football. Um, I would I would say Keandre feels like maybe the only one that would be battling for a starting job on this Auburn roster, uh, at least of the players who left uh, last year. I think Bo Nix would still be battling. You know, of the, if, you, if you stretch it back a couple of seasons, there are some guys who left. Yeah. that would probably be. You know, I'd like to have him back. Yeah, but uh, but no, I think of last of the guys who left since the portal opened up. 
uh, last season, you know, no, it's it's a lot of guys that I think would be struggling to find a, a spot on the two deep right now as, as we as we project whatever you know the Bill Cameron. Uh, depth, hey, uh, depth chart. You my, know, mine is mine is uh, all in pencil right now because, as Brian said, I mean, this is this is a great opportunity for everybody on the team. I mean, the proven guys are going to have to reprove themselves to this staff, and then all the newcomers or the guys that that may not have gotten looks in the past are going to have opportunities. There will be, I think, uh, a lot of room. I know there are people going to Auburn doesn't have room to add any more players when spring is over. And the yeah. dust is settled. The yeah. players will know who is who is looking at playing time or not. And I think a lot of the guys that are, you know, not on the two deep at the end of spring will uh, will then probably consider entering the transfer portal. And that's where Auburn will have room to add some more players. Brian, we were asked an interesting question last week, and, and I want to pose it to you, which is if, if you project the three impact transfers on the offensive line as starters – who else is battling for a starting job, especially among the players who maybe return from last year's roster? You look at Britton, Wade, and Avery Jones as experienced mm-hmm. players that were projected as. I mean, you got to be careful with that. Who was uh, who was the defensive back from West Virginia? Like, you got to be careful yeah. about just projecting. Know, so Drayshawn right? Miller. Yep. You got to be careful about just projecting someone as a starter because that's what everybody said they were when they went into the transfer portal. But if projections hold, and Wade and Britton and Jones are three of Auburn's five starting offensive linemen, what what do you think the battle for the other two spots would look like? Well, I, would those spots be the guards? In my opinion, yeah, it would be the guards and Cameron Stutz and um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah Wright would be the two guys that stand out to me, and that doesn't mean somebody could step up. You know, uh, I think Asavian Miller has got a shot. Oh, yeah. to work inside as well. Yep, yep. So, um, I, I think there's a great chance your tackles are going to be um, uh, Gunnar Britton and Dylan Wade. And I think Avery Jones has a great chance to be in the center, and then we'll see what happens at guard. Um, but, but Stutz Stutz and Wright would project at the moment, at least, to be like. Could yeah. those be? Are all five of those? I mean, are are, the, are all three of the transfers going to spring practice? I mean, they're all here. I believe yes. so. Yeah. So three so transfers I, and the JUCO transfers. Right. That's four four newcomers plus four. I mean, three high school players are, are also here. But uh, but those four guys, the three transfers and uh, Isaiah Vimilia from JUCO, are guys that you think are competing for starting spots right away. But you've also got guys like Kobe Smith, who we just don't know a whole bunch of. Right, mm-hmm. he hasn't played hardly any. This will be his third year. Offensive line is a developmental position. Sometimes not players go from not playing at all to. I mean, being yeah, guys like players. EJ Harris. I mean, mm-hmm. youngsters that haven't played much. I mean, this is a huge spring for them. Yep. Jalil Irvin has a lot of. Uh, right. pat, he has a lot Been of. Around a while. Yeah, he has a lot of playing time. Tate Johnson career. started the season. Tate as Johnson starter. Right? Op- opened last season as a starter on the offensive line. So you would think yep. there's a couple other guys we saw. Got to shout him out because he's local too. We saw EJ Harris at mm-hmm. a basketball game earlier this season looking pretty healthy yeah. so I mean there's uh, there's a few other players as well but no, I, I thought that Stut- Stutson Wright and this conversation too is so drastically different from the conversation we were having about the offensive line when Hugh Freeze was hired right yeah. you think about like what oh, oh yeah no. <laughs> well, it's because they didn't have half the players they do yep. now I mean they've doubled the number of offensive linemen that they have and looking to add one more. I guess, actually, they had seven. They've got 15. Mm-hmm. They're looking to add one more. And it's changed my mind, too, or at least opened my eyes to what is possible with the right coach over one mm-hmm. offseason in the portal. Because we were telling people part of the reason you should expect gradual improvement with whoever the head coach is going to be after Brian Harson, rather than overnight 
Gus Malzahn taking the team to the national championship in his first season type improvement. The reason you should expect gradual improvement is because Auburn is several classes of offensive linemen away from approximating a high uh, a high quality SEC transfer team. portal can change that yep. and uh, and and really has. And I wonder how often we will see teams that dramatically make over their offensive line in one offseason moving forward because of the quality of I the think offensive. You'll see, you'll see some try. Because the quality I don't know of the that you're going to see. I don't, and we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, we'll quality find out how good Gunnar Britton, Dylan Wade, right, we don't Avery have. Jones are. Seems like the quality of the linemen in the portal overall is the going up. The odds of doing that are not very are not very good, but I think Auburn's got a better a better chance than a lot of teams would because of uh, because of who's going out there and getting the players. Yeah. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Just a quarter of the way in, it's the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire. Come on in and join us. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, MalvernSports.com, here at Franklin Tire. And again, yeah, I mean, they've, they've uh, taken care of a lot of vehicles through the years for for the family. I know they've done the same for Brian and Absolutely. Dan. I mean, and, and again, I mean, you can bring them, you bring your vehicle to them with just about anything. I mean, Dating they, back to the white. Cavalier convertible, mm. the 1999 white Chevy Cavalier convertible. They helped that. They helped that thing run longer than it ever should have. Uh, they, they, <laughs> could, they date back for me uh, to let's see, probably the 1976 Dodge Dart Swinger. Wow. <laughs> you know, three in the column, man. That thing was a piece of yeah. Briefly, and I don't know. I won't get too specific. Well, not here. art that I was about to say either. I used to see uh, someone had a car exactly like my old white 99 Chevy Cavalier convertible. I don't know how many convertibles they made of that thing, too. So it was like like same same color, same top color. I used to see it over by the no, I didn't know. I didn't know they made convertibles of Cavaliers because that was, that, was, uh, that was one of my wife's first cars was a Cavalier. Yeah, and, and so they, I, I used to see one over by the library. I remember the, 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 felt, Glen, the felt ceiling so. stuff all fell. <laughs> Shout out to oh, oh, yeah. oh, man. You know what? <laughs> you know I went through, I'll tell you what else. And, I finally I, just ripped it out. It was I think just it was, metal up may, there. Maybe because I lived in a place where it rained a lot or maybe it was the design of the car. I probably went through... I had to replace the power window motor on that thing four or five wow. times because whenever any moisture or anything would get in there, mm. that thing would short out like crazy. And I, I mean, it had to be the humidity in, in a warm, you know, uh, like, yeah, in I southeast. guess, or whatever. Or you just kept playing with the stupid no, thing. I, no, I wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> he was trying to get it exactly like two inches. Window open. goes up. Yeah. Window goes down. Uh, hey, I was wondering, how did you? You didn't drive that vehicle with the seat where it was, did you? No, Jordan drove it here. Oh, I was going to say, man, there's no <laughs> yeah, way. No, I no, got in, and it's no, like I couldn't no. get under the steering wheel. And it's like <laughs> Dan is a little no, uh, Jordan, Dan's Jordan a drove, little taller than I am. Jordan drove it here, and, and that's that's something we don't have to get into about you know. Okay, well that's fine. It's related. Fine. It's related to me not being on the on the show in the first segment. So <laughs> oh, okay, uh, let's get to Yellowhammer. Why don't we? All right, three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and yes, Yellowhammer is first. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. So, y'all were talking about how uh, Hugh Freeze has spread out spring practice 
and that sparked my curiosity because I, if I were a coach, I'd spread it out as much as I could. So I imagine there's three things that I'd have to pay attention to. You cannot start before a certain date. You have only so many allowed practices, and it has to be over regardless of how many practices you have had by a certain date. And I was just wondering what all that is. Yeah, now normally it is over a 30-day period, but when you have spring break in the you know in that 30 days, you get to add a week. So that's how Auburn Auburn spread it out, I believe, as far as they can spread it out. Yeah. It starts on next Monday, the 27th of February, and goes uh, A day is April the 8th. So I think if you if you add that up, that is like 35 days, and that's as that's about as uh, uh, far as you can spread it out. And there'll be 15 practices. That's the max allowed. Right. You can have 15 practices. You can't have them any shorter than 20 days, but it's supposed to be 30, but you get the extra time with spring break. Oh, okay. Well, good to hear that. Okay, thanks. Sure thing. Uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to the start of spring ball next Monday. So, yeah, we were talking about it a little bit just a few minutes ago. Brian, uh, switching to basketball just briefly, and I know we can we could probably talk some baseball too. Right? I don't know how much of that you guys got to get into. I, t- I took a call. No, we, we haven't talked any baseball we'll, yet. We'll, get, we'll do some baseball, right. Brian. I know uh, the loss on Saturday has people wondering about Auburn's NCAA tournament position and and where they stand uh, with four games left in the regular season. Auburn is sort of on the secure part of the bubble according to most projections. Right now, but they better not lose Wednesday. But a Wednesday loss would really shake that up with three tougher no. games left on the schedule after that. Um, I, I earlier in this season, Bill, I said, you know, wouldn't it be fun to be in the play-in game if you're no. on, if you're on the bubble? <laughs> and I no, I, you know, if, what? You're, if you're coming from way back, I, yeah, that would be fine. But you don't want to be from solidly in and you know dropping from a three a four a five a seven an eight no you don't want to be dropping and hanging on in the bubble no like a stone as audio yeah. slave once saying no it would uh and and i do think auburn could um auburn could play their way to that sort of uh to, to that uh, you know in, in, into that conversation which would you know what this this veteran team doesn't need an extra game's worth of minutes on their legs. No, I don't think gonna play, so. If they're going to advance out of the first weekend, you know. But but speaking of that sort of tournament stuff, like I don't. And and, and Brian, do you do you disagree with any of that as far as no. where Auburn stands versus no. where, where they might stand if they were? They to need to beat Ole Miss, and they it's, if they don't beat Tennessee, if they lose the last three, that I, I'd be concerned. Then they, they, yeah, then they need to win happen. a couple in the tournament, yeah. and they be coming. They be coming not from a double buy either. Right. If they lose those last and, three, you know, you guys can tell me where I'm wrong on this line of thinking, though. But I, I do believe if you're going to be on the bubble in the NCAA tournament, I'd rather be an 11 or a 12 than, than an, an eight or a nine than an eight, nine or a. You're 10. right. I, I agree be- because because your chance. Maybe that's the plan. The well, plan is to slide until you're you know a seed that doesn't have the number one seed in the first. Well, couple an, of rounds. an eight or a nine has a one seed looking at right. them in the round of 32. If you want to advance after mm-hmm. the first weekend, uh, a, a ten has a two seed, uh, and those those seeds are also usually you know it's it's, it's geographically favorable for the ones and the twos in the first weekend right. of the tournament. I mean. 12 seeds, granted it's it's a, a tough draw because you'd have to beat most likely a 5 and a 4 to get to the second weekend, but I'd rather I'd rather take my chances with a 5 and a 4 than a 1. Yeah, and, I think you know, so. Especially in a year like this. Like I, I just think there's it, it's it's uh, a reality of the way the bracket is set up. 
But I think an 11 or a 12 has a better chance of making a run to the second weekend and beyond than an 8, a 9, or a 10 in, in the current setup. I, let, let I didn't realize Auburn had dropped to 30 in net. Is that right? Yes. Wow, okay. So, yeah, I think there I is. Mean, so it's I still, to, yeah. that still looks good. Yes. But, but I mean, they, they have really, you know, just been sliding back. They were 20 last week, weren't they? Uh, maybe at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so... So that that is that is big, and yeah, we were talking. Um, Dan, Brian, and I were talking about what we what we'd said earlier. I just sort of sort of wonder about the crowd Wednesday night because yeah. Ole Miss is not. You know, it's not a game everybody's going to be just all fired up for. They're a team that's really really struggling. Yeah. It's an eight o'clock game, so I mean this one this one uh, a lot of pressure I think on the students come out and and be there, and then local folks to to show up or. Um, or sell, or you know, yeah. find somebody and to I, use their tickets. And I can't relate to these students anymore, Bill. I'm too old, as we mm. were discussing earlier. But I will say that if you're a student who maybe has been discouraged because you haven't been able to go to very many games because those were really hot probably your best shot earlier in the season. Yeah. Well, Tennessee is going to be a tough ticket too. Yep. I would encourage if you're if you're someone who's been putting it off or you uh, you, you know you you, you thought I'm not going to bother because it's too tough to get tickets now as a student or something like that. Give it a shot on Wednesday uh, because I, I think. Think you'll it will I think there's the risk of somewhat low turnout for a Bruce Pearl home conference mm-hmm. game uh, but but I also think that maybe some students this late in the season you know that you know why bother I'm not gonna be able to go you could be able to go on, on Wednesday night I would encourage folks to uh, uh, to check it out if they're at all possible because uh, yeah it could be unless you know you got a seat for the Tennessee game could be your last chance to see this team at home Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill, Dan, Brian here at Franklin Tire, and yeah, let's talk some baseball. Um, I, I I went by the ballpark twice for like just a couple of minutes. Was all I was able to do because we had uh, um, granddaughter duty <laughs> this this weekend. But Friday, um, solid season opening win. Saturday, just uh, just a tremendous. Um, Greg Maddox-like performance from Joseph Gonzalez. Yeah, and, and, and then yesterday, well, um, you know, those Indiana bats came in. They brought, they brought seven starters back mm-hmm. you knew it was coming, in right? their lineup. And uh, when, when, when they got the opportunity, they took advantage. I mean, Auburn now has seen a few of the arms. Uh, Butch and, and Coach Rock have seen some of the arms. And, and we'll see how things shake up as they're on the road all week. But, Brian, first weekend impressions from baseball. Well, after the first two games, I was very impressed. You know, um, some guys like Bryson Ware, who off to a red hot yeah, start. Yeah, you were really worried about his bat. I know he had a couple errors, but I thought overall uh, he played pretty good third base and just really hit the ball well. Was seeing the ball well, driving it. Um, Ike Irish is everything <laughs> we would thought he'd be. You know, as a freshman, it's incredible what he's already doing. Um, Co-SEC Freshman of the Week, his first week at Auburn. Uh, you know, on the field. Um, Justin Kirby homers in his first game. Yep, yep, yep transfer. Uh, and then Sunday, I just felt like Auburn ran out pitching a little bit, and some freshmen just sort of, you know, um, you get in a game, you, you get in a situation, and you make a bad pitch, and you pay for mm-hmm. it. And that'll be a great learning experience for Drew Nelson. You know, it, it, you know he's going to be a better pitcher because of what happened to him Sunday. And I thought uh, Zach Crutchfield, another freshman, came in and pitched pretty well. Yeah, he did. Uh, actually, very well. Um, but, you know, um, they're not a team that I think they can afford to throw 11 guys on a weekend. They're eventually going to have to start cutting down a little bit. So. Early on, though, I mean, yeah, you, you don't to. mind. I right. mean, you, you didn't want it. You don't want to lose that. But, I mean, hey, it wasn't 
Um, you know, I mean, it, it's they'd already won the series, and you you want to see some of these guys against someone other than yourself yep. in inner squad and and see how they react. Like I said, they're in Huntsville tomorrow night before they make a road trip and a serious road trip all the way out to L.A. to play Southern Cal over the weekend. No, they're in um, they're in Rocket City. Uh, tomorrow night at the uh, the home of the. the oh, home you don't. Of the, so I, I can't call it Huntsville. I, I believe I believe they are yeah. officially in Rocket City uh, tomorrow night, the home of the Trash Pandas, uh, to uh, to take on what is that UNA, uh, the uh, the the opponent uh, tomorrow. I think it's North Alabama. Uh, is is the I, I think that's right. I, I think it's UNA. Yeah, it is. In, um, it in, is. Uh, in, in the game tomorrow night. And yeah, Gonzalez was so forty one on pitches Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. to get through five innings. I mean, no, it was, it, the, the command uh, was uh, just uh, unbelievable for a guy who I think he's going to be a really intriguing draft prospect because some teams might look at the lack of stuff, right? And think, well, it's not oh, the lack not. of stuff. They may just think, well, he's not. He doesn't. He he, he doesn't have that strikeout pitch. Well, he. He doesn't get to, th- to two strikes that much. Seems like the kind of guy that a smart team's going to take oh, later, yeah. later than they should and get a lot out of him. I mean, that's, Fif- that's where Fifteen pitchers, by the way, of the weekend, not eleven. I said that wrong. Yeah, it felt, it felt like eleven yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so where where do you think coming? I mean, it's just one weekend. Sample size matters a lot in baseball. Uh, but coming out of the the first weekend, I mean, where where do you think the pitching staff stands behind Joseph Gonzalez? Where, where else Where else are they going to be looking for a lot of innings? Well, I thought um, I thought Ch- Chase was pretty good. Tanner Bauman, yeah, yeah. And Ch- Chase was pretty good. But I thought Tanner Bauman may have been the best other pitcher. Right. right? Uh, I loved the um, pace which was he threw the ball. Uh, we really commanded the strike zone, and um, you know I, I think he's going to be a big piece whether he becomes a starter or just a key reliever. You know I, I think he's going to be a big part of it. I liked him a lot. Um, and, and we'll Do you think they could be looking into like a, a bullpen day on a fairly regular basis, just because they have a lot of guys, and maybe one of them doesn't need to go? Maybe for some of the midweek games. Yeah, five, yeah. Five or six, I mean, yeah. well, and, and see now Tuesday wasn't wasn't Crouchfield going to start Tuesday until so. they just had to run so many pitchers out there yesterday? Yeah, and uh, you know, don't give up on Drew Nelson. That's just one oh, no, game. No, right? for, first appearance yeah. as a collegian. I mean, no. Yeah. yeah so uh, he may go out there and, and have a terrific freshman season after this. So. Uh, I still think we got a lot to figure out. I think it was good to get that many guys out there, get them some experience, get them in a college game, and see how they develop as we move forward. Gonzalez, though, I mean, un- I mean, he's he's not that far off from being a guy where it's unmissable when he pitches at home because he was he was so good, not just in the game this weekend, but but in throughout his Auburn career. I mean, that guy has been. Uh, just impressive and getting better seemingly with every start, and he picked up where he left off on Saturday. Well, I think everybody thought, you know, okay, he may get off to a slow start here. He hasn't pitched much in preseason. He's notorious for to be a th- slow starter, and you know, he goes out and throws five shutout innings. You know, uh, he was very efficient. Like you said, forty-one pitches, um, just an incredible outing by him. And uh, the thing that's going to be interesting to me about Joseph is they're talking about now maybe keeping him on Saturday. Because it saves your bullpen a little bit, because you can use them Friday and bring those back guys mm-hmm. back on Sunday. They didn't do that this weekend. But well, Butch likes that, that though. Forward. I think Butch yeah. likes having his, you know, that hoss on Saturday and figuring that then he's got everybody available Sunday. Yep. So that'll be something to watch. Um, because Alsop has got, I mean, he's got stuff. He has outstanding stuff. Yeah. Um, so that that gives him a couple of different types. I think they'd really like a lefty if they could. They're on at least for one of the one of the yeah. starts. We may see the same rotation again next weekend, but um, you know I think pretty soon it's going to mm-hmm. come down to how people are performing and maybe giving other guys chances and such. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Uh, it's the drive here on this Monday from Franklin Tire. 
Again, anything that you need seen about with your vehicles, and of course they've got uh, the the great selection of the uh, the Firestone, Bridgestone tires. But uh, I mean, they can they can take care of all of your automotive needs here at Franklin. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us. Difficult times remind us to take stock of what's most important. And as a farmer's agent, Tim Jones is here for you and your family when those moments arise. He can explain your insurance options so you can select coverage that fits your needs. Because he takes pride in being able to help you protect the things that matter most. Call Tim Jones at 334-826-6888 to learn more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Trucker, Fire Insurance Exchanges, or affiliate. Products not available in every state. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Monday edition of The Drive as we come to you from Franklin Tire. All right, so, uh, so yeah, it's going to feel sort of like spring break this week. To, yeah, it is. Let's see. I'm trying to think. What do we normally well, talk about? Because I'm not going to be here? <laughs> well, because it's going to be in the 80s. That's right. Dan's gone for the rest of this week. Wow. I got a busy two weeks ahead of me. And then, and then we'll you don't see. have that busy in next week. But you've got to be with the well, team. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to be in Pensacola. And I know. I got, and, oh, and, so I was asking. So, I'm told there's so quite when, a few bars downtown. When, when do they? Well, yeah. When, when do they? When do they play? If Troy, if Troy finishes up the way they should, they probably wouldn't play till next Friday. But the team may go down Tuesday. Team may go. You yeah, know, two, Dad. Dad needs four days to get get ready for his next. Broadcast. Well, you want to show some. <laughs> you want to show support. The conference <laughs> conference tournament gets started in Pensacola on February 28th. By the way, I would encourage anybody uh, in the. Uh, in the southeast, especially in the northwest Florida area, if you get a chance, it's really, really uh, high-quality tournament basketball on the men's and women's side of the Sun Belt, and, and it's a great event. They have a lot of fan fest. If you went to a Sun Belt member institution, it's a cool way to meet alumni and, and current administrators. And and downtown Pensacola like is actually pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it, it, it really is. It now. really is. I would encourage folks to check out the Sun Belt tournament. This is the second of uh, or third of several years that it's going to be in Pensacola, and it's, it was a lot of fun last year. And uh, hopefully, uh, the Trojans, if we if we can make a run, you know, a lot lot of Troy fans in Pensacola, and, uh, and it, could be, uh, it could, could be a really special one again. All right, a couple minutes left here in the uh, first hour. You mentioned, uh, Brian, that you guys got uh, you and, I guess, you and J.G. and, and, and Brian? Yeah, Stoltze, we met with um, Coach Freeze this morning. What was, uh, what was, the, what was the most uh, interesting or, or maybe the, the, uh, the, the most off-the-wall thing? Say we never really had time oh. to have fun. Because oh. you know how we are. We want to go in there and... First of all, just shoot the you know what yeah. for a little while and then do that. No, it was 15 minutes in and out. So oh okay. Uh, but it is on our site and I, and you can download it. I know it popped up on my um, Apple uh, podcast app. It's a podcast we recorded mm-hmm. it, so uh, it's there to listen to and you can listen to it on your drive home right now. So you know, you phrase talks about uh, practice, just about settling in, recruiting. You know some of the you know a few things. Talked a little bit about you know. Um, his calendar and, and you know how much work he has to put into right. recruiting now and how important that is to Auburn. Um, and uh, I think we might have joked a little bit about his golf game, but um, yeah, I mean it was good. Uh, from to, what I understand, that's no joke. His yeah, golf game is, is no really joke. good. Yeah. Yes, 
but it was just good to get over there, see him, see some of the coaches that were over there at the time. So um, uh, one other thing he mentioned, I guess, is that um, normally he would give his staff, you know, a week or so off during February. Yeah, February is usually a month where you can relax. A week to ten days, yeah. but um, he said he's only been able to give them just a, a weekend here or there just because he's it's a brand-new staff. Up. Oh, yeah. Right, they've got to put in a new offense and a new defense and get ready for, for a spring practice. We're just about done with hour number one of the Monday Drive. And hour number two, I, I want to get uh, – uh, we'll talk about some proposed rule changes in college football, and we'd love to get your thoughts on that. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, uh, we're approaching the halfway mark here of our – uh, of the show, that is, as we come to the end of hour number one. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about some rule changes, get your thoughts on uh, uh, a little more on college basketball and, uh, and catch up on anything else on your mind in hour number two of the drive. Again, we're at Franklin Tire here on East University Drive right across from CC's Pizza where they've been taking care of uh, folks and their vehicles at this location for over 40 years anything that you need see from small i mean from nothing the other day i had a light uh that, that i didn't think should be on in the car yes they told me exactly what it was i got an oil change while they were doing that as well i mean they take care of anything they also found something else that i wouldn't have noticed and they they went ahead and took care of it because it would have cost me more if i had uh if i had not brought it in so so do make sure you come by franklin next time you need anything minor or hopefully not major. Maybe the minor can prevent the major. That's Frank Tire. We're stepping aside for our short top of the hour break. Come on in and join us in hour number two. Your local boost ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Less than a week after the Lakers traded him to the Jazz as part of a three-team deal, guard Russell Westbrook has decided on his next landing spot. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports he plans to sign with the Clippers after he completes his buyout with Utah. We will see a much different Westbrook with the Clippers. Belize Cavaliers guard Danny Green. I think he'll go play more free. He's made that adjustment come off the bench, which helped him a ton in a mindset stage where he can be a role player and fit in and not have to be a guy that has to carry the load. Uh, with having Paul George and Kawhi on your right and left side, it'll make it a lot easier for them as well. Um, they have a lot of they have a lot of firepower in that, that team. Their bench is loaded too. NHL Islanders center Matthew Barzal second on the team in points, out indefinitely with a lower body injury. That's a tough blow to their playoff pursuit. New York currently holds the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. NFL ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reporting the Colts set to hire Jim Bob Cooter as their offensive coordinator. Indy's expected to use the fourth overall pick in the upcoming draft on a quarterback. Among QBs, Cooter's worked with as an NFL assistant, Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, and Trevor Lawrence. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live. 
from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well and had a good weekend. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from Auburn Sports, and we're coming to you from Franklin Tire and Auto here on East University Drive, right across from CC's, where they've been taking care of folks in their vehicles uh, just at this location for over 40 years, over a half century, and they're able to do that because they do just that. They, they take care of their customers and the, and the customers' vehicles. Anything you need seen about with your vehicle, you know, from, you, know, you hear the tires, and yes, they've got the great selection of tires and can get, you know, exactly what you need that works the best for you uh, on your vehicle. But, I mean, anything from, uh, from regular service to major repairs to body work, uh, they can do it all. And, of course, they've got an overnight drop. They've got 24-hour um, wrecker service. I mean, so... They can take care of you and absolutely will here at Franklin Tire. We're uh, underway here with hour number two of the drive. And in hour number one, we talked about Auburn basketball dropping that two-point decision to Vandy to fall to eight and six in SEC play. They've got Ole Miss coming up on Wednesday night. Talk some about Auburn baseball taking two out of three in its opening weekend. By the way, very impressive weekend for Auburn softball as they won all five games. Yeah comfortably uh hey it was it was a good performance for auburn swimming at the sec swimming and diving championships auburn's highest finish on the men's side they finished second to florida it's their highest finish since 2016 and meanwhile the auburn women scored 100 points more than they did a year ago great job so yeah so things looking uh you know definitely trending up there uh with 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 auburn swimming um brian mentioning that um, the the Auburn sports guys spent a little time with Hugh Freeze this morning. As uh, I'll tell you what, John Cohen and Hugh Freeze th- them out. making the rounds. Yep. Going yeah. around. We we had John on last week. I know you guys talked with him mm-hmm. as well. So you can find that interview, the podcast with Hugh Freeze there at AuburnSports.com. So a lot of things going on. I uh, want to get into some proposed college football rules changes here in just a little bit. But first Let's uh, let you know that hour number two of The Drive is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast of the show, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. All right, uh, again, we could talk about any of those subjects. We'd love your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports. How much of spring professional football did either of you guys watch? Nope. Uh, zero? <sighs> yeah. I, I, while I was trying to find something else, I think I watched a series on the XFL. Uh, you know what? Yesterday. I'm sure that they have, 
you know, scientists that they pulled off of important things to find out when the best time to launch your spring football league <laughs> is. Like I'm sure, you know, because you got because you have this major, doesn't seem like the time. But, but there are major corporations, right? I mean, between uh, ESPN having a share in the XFL or having a stake in the XFL success, and then Fox has the USFL. You saw a lot of commercials for that if you watch the NFL oh, playoffs. Yes, you did a lot of USFL commercials. Um, I mean, but they both. I think they're they're both getting underway. Uh, the XFL got underway. XFL was playing, and I think the USFL is starting very soon. I would want a couple of weeks to miss football before you start the spring football league again. Uh, I would think M- maybe and and maybe in this situation, the college basketball postseason could be a way to promote your yeah. spring football league. And then, as soon as college basketball season, I know you have baseball, but as soon as college basketball season is over, maybe then you you, you make a play with the spring football league. I, I don't know, but it just. It's tough to it's tough to the weekend after the Super Bowl to to jump right into uh, a spring football league. It's so, tough no, for I, me. I can tell I, you that. I, yeah, I, I don't know anything that happened in the. Uh, I, I read. I saw a headline that things didn't go well for Paxton Lynch, who is one of the few hmm. quarterbacks whose names I've heard. Right. Who is is think, starting? Things apparently a good finish for AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron's playing in these leagues. Yeah, yeah. I know Bo Scarborough mm-hmm. is on the. But I'm definitely not watching. No well, here, they they had <laughs> they had one of those. I believe they I believe they converted on one of their their ideas, uh, where his team was way behind. They scored. I think they got the three point conversion, and then. And, you know, instead of the onside kick, they had a fourth and 15 from their own 25, converted it, then scored and won the game. Wow. So, I mean, I like a couple of the things they do. They have some interest, some interesting rules that I, I, I think are worth looking at. And that sort of leads me into it. So that's all I'm going to talk about, the, the spring football. That was going to lead me into today. We I don't have anything more to add. Yeah, okay. On the spring football front, Brian. Nope. Okay, all right. Today we see uh, some proposed, I guess it was, was it Ross Dellinger? Yes. That uh, put put out, uh, uh, he tweeted out some four proposed rule changes that could go into effect by this fall. Now, Pretty dramatic I, changes, really. Well, a couple aren't very, aren't, right. aren't that big a deal. The third makes sense. The fourth, I think, is just crazy. Too far. All right, so, so the first... The first one would be, let's see, Pro- pro- prohibiting uh, consecutive timeouts. Um, yeah, you can't when, call back. The kicker. Can't call back to back. Now, I guess it would be okay to call back to back timeouts if you just can't figure out what play you want to run. <laughs> no, I don't think you can run in the NFL. You can't run back to back timeouts. At no, all. but I mean, this one doesn't say. This one says. Yeah, it does. I mean, like, prohibiting consecutive timeouts means you can't do it ever. Not just i.e. icing. Yeah. Okay, but it said i.e. icing kick. So, so I wondered if that meant well, but if you're just. You know, if you just don't know what you're doing, you can call. You got to take a delay a game. No, I think that makes sense. So, no back-to-back timeouts. Can't use a back-to-back timeout if you if you do. You're called for a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct. Upon upon, is it 15? It's unsportsmanlike. Yeah, I mean, it's 15-yard unsportsmanlike on in the NFL. The rule is a 15-yard unsportsmanlike. Yeah, see, I don't. don't, Yeah. I just know. I know that's the rule in the NFL. Is right. you get a fifteen yard unsportsmanlike for calling a second timeout coming out of a timeout. Yeah, I wondered so if it be, would be a delay a game, maybe. In and college the second one, how often do we see this? Well, the no one time downs at the end of the first or third quarter. The, yeah, the second one just means the if there's penalty. a penalty, right. yep. if a penalty that is accepted at the end of a quarter, it'll just that would be between the first and second or the third and fourth. These right. aren't the reasons we're talking right. about these rules. If no, those no, were no. the only two, we probably no, no, that, that one. It, no. But what? But here's their their solution. There is you just play it on the first play of the next quarter. All right, so that's fine. That's fine. Now the third and the third one is the that's NFL rule yeah. that the clock would not stop 
on first downs mm-hmm. except in the final two minutes of each half. Right. Does the NFL do it in the final two minutes? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that is just the NFL rule. Yep. So that one's perfectly fine. And uh, according to Ross, that rule would take away about seven to nine plays a game. Right. So you figure, all right. Here, and here's something I was to, I was mentioning to, to Brian. Mm-hmm. If you read the full story on Sports Illustrated, one of the points that was being made was it says um, one of the concerns here, it's not just the length of the game, it's the number of plays. And the NFL, the average NFL game is played, uh, yeah, the average NFL game has about 155 plays. The average college game is now approaching 180 plays. That's a big difference. So you're talking 25, 25 plays, more plays so. in college. So, so, um, and so there's that, a, and there's a loud part and a quiet part here because I, I think that officially, a lot of the desire to shorten the game is based around player safety. The fewer number of plays you run, the fewer, uh, the, the the less, yeah, the less chance there is of someone suffering uh, a debilitating injury on any of those one plays. And so, if you if you have a football game with fewer plays, that is a safer game than a game with with more plays. That's officially the reason. I think they're also concerned about the length of games for commercial yeah. purposes. Uh, they they want to be able to get more games in right. on a given day, and they don't want to take away any. Uh, any any commercial? They're not, not going to take away commercial. They're not shorten, yeah, shortening time. shortening halftime or well, getting rid of the. Well, they could do that though. I mean, NFL halftime is twelve minutes. College halftime is twenty. Right. Yeah. I, they also also are talking about doing advertising in box during games. You've seen that in some yeah, yeah, live yeah. things um, where they do those little. Yeah, I know. In the, I know. And do so. you pay any attention to them? No. No. I think it, getting two getting two bands in and out in in twelve minutes, I think, would be. Uh, would be among the challenges. Among the challenges right. to shortening they, the college halftime. I also think that the, the push for for maybe more commercials, you know, is is, is one of the things there. Well. You know, I had an idea. I threw I threw it out there a little bit earlier. If it's if it's that big of a concern, Bill. Remember we were saying earlier today, like rather than making drastic rule changes to shorten the game in college football, if if game length is a problem, what about twelve minute quarters? Like, I, mean, I mean, at that point, you played twelve minutes in high school. I yep. mean, ra- rather than rather than fifteen minutes with weird rules to speed things up. Well, we haven't even just, gotten to the weird rule. Yeah. Tex, Tex, hang on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my bad. Uh, I, I, I thought you said the fourth one too. Uh, okay. No, no, we have not mentioned the fourth one, which is crazy. Re- read the fourth rule out. Uh, clock runs on incompletions unless ball is spotted. That, Wait, no, once ball spotted. Yeah, once ball spotted. On any incompletion, not just, I mean, just any incompletion, any time during the ball game, as soon as the ball started, as soon as the ball spotted, clock starts. I mean, it's I almost think that's a, crazy. It's, it's almost different a running than it clock. Is, that's different than it is at any level of football. So when, Why when, would college just the, do the that? The clock would only stop on turnovers. The, 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 the clock would only stop yeah. when teams are. No, when a, when a player runs out of bounds within two minutes, but they'd speed, you know, they, they, they run it again. Even in college, right? That doesn't stop the clock until, yeah. until the ball's spotted. So, I mean, the, the, that's almost a running clock. You it know, is. you would have you would have when when would you rather have yeah. fifteen minutes of a running clock or just play twelve minute quarters? All right, we'd we'd, we'd love for you to join in. Um, Tex has been hanging on for a while. I'm sorry, Tex. I got started on that rant and uh, I couldn't couldn't figure a way to get off of it. How you doing today? Hey, Tex. Hey guys, I'm doing fine. Can you hear me? We can hear. We can hear you. Jump yeah, on we in. got you fine. Okay, good. All right, okay, because I didn't hear the beep in. So uh, I, I'm okay with you talking rule changes, but spring football kind of was getting under my skin a little bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's baseball season. <laughs> anyway, 
So, uh, Brian, when you were with Coach Freeze, you didn't yes. ask him why he warmed up for 15 minutes to spike the first pitch? <laughs> I mean, we wanted to do stuff like that. That's how we normally are, right? Just to have some fun. But it was just so short. No, we didn't never got into that. But he he did. For those who don't know, he go ahead. I was going to say, say uh, he went out there and threw the first pitch, bounced it, and then started to walk off, and then said, "No, I'm going to do it again and do it right," and then threw a second pitch, uh, opening day Friday. And, and he short and he short hopped the second pitch. <laughs> Yeah, well, we weren't so, going to mention that, but yes. Okay, so then the Aubie from the rubber threw a strike on Saturday. How about Just that? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, I, uh, I would have, I would have checked his paws for stickum. <laughs> <laughs> if Aubie, look, look, well, if they, if they didn't have the rule that Aubie never removes his head for any reason, and thank goodness there's kids watching, it would have been great for Aubie to yeah. unmask as Tim Hudson right after, right after fire, right after firing that strike. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get a chance for that one, but uh, no, we, you know what? We had it. We had enough Tim Hudson impersonating going on this weekend with Joseph Gonzalez yeah. on Saturday, mowing yeah. people down. Oh, wow. So, uh, so now I, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought there was some, some delightful antics there before the game. I wish that one thing they would do is put a heart monitor on him while he's pitching. Uh, I'm not sure his heart's beating very fast at any given time. Mm. So, all right, a couple other things. Uh, one of the neat things that happened at the ba- at the baseball game yesterday, because I think there was only one, Janiah Broom came in, and that young man was so gracious with all the fans that wanted to take pictures with him, he would come down out of the stands and take real pictures with him instead of leaning over and doing I mean, it was very fun to watch a high-profile yeah. athlete at our university interact with the fans like that. So a shout-out to Janiah Broom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to see. Uh, yesterday was a little rough day. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, enough about baseball. Uh, so... On those rule changes, a pass is incomplete, so you can't spike the ball anymore? No. See, that's the crazy thing. Why would anybody spike it? Why would you spike it anymore? I was thinking about this. I would think that, you know, now instead of throwing the ball out of bounds, uh, if, if time is short... It's gonna. It would almost encourage you to try to force a pass somewhere to complete it, and I think it's going to turn into more uh, more turnovers. Yes, I, I would think so. Okay, and then real quick, and then I, I'm, I'm pulling up where I got to go inside here. Uh, Dan Pensacola, the district upstairs, appetizers and live music. If you get a chance, it's great. I can't remember the name of the fish house we went to. All in the downtown area of Pensacola. Cindy and I were there three weeks ago for her birthday. Well, I'm sorry, two weeks ago for her birthday. And it was a fabulous weekend. And it's the first time I ever stayed in the sit- inside the city and not at the beach. So, Well, years ago, years ago, you wouldn't have wanted to do that. Now it's, it's, right. it's great. Yeah, so they got a um, text. Yeah. They got a shuttle running from the, the, the Bay Center parking lot to a couple of spots downtown that are, you know, you got the, what is it, uh, uh, is it uh, Palafox? Yeah, is Palafox there was the main. With, with, yeah. That's what 29 uh-huh. is. Seville, yeah. Yeah, Seville, Seville Quarter and the, the, the brewery over there and, and st- stuff going on. So, yeah, I'll, uh, Dharma Blue has been recommended to me, uh, res- a restaurant uh, d- down there by, by some Pensacola locals. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Tex. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. And last but not least, Bill, I'm going to be calling you 
Uh, it's difficult for me to make midweek games. So I'm thinking maybe I can make an arrangement through your show. If there's a dad and a son, a dad and a daughter, a birthday type thing, anybody needs two tickets during midweek uh, that I okay. can just yeah, send great. to them. So uh, speaking of good. which, the first one's March 1st. I won't be there for uh, Florida A&M. Yeah, it's the next home game. That's right. Like, yeah, I don't get there till Wednesday. Uh, so, okay. All, All right, right guys, Tex. I appreciate it. All right, you take care. Good hearing from you, Tex. All right, All right take, take care. care, Tex. See you, Tex. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline. We'll get to our first break. Hey, we'd love your thoughts. What do you think of those proposed college football rules changes? I just cannot see I, – I don't see the thinking going into – the clock. I mean, you're really going to cut down some plays. I saw the projections were all right, as you said, Brian, seven to nine plays mm-hmm. from the um, from the clock not uh, stopping on first downs, except right. for in the final two minutes. The projection was fifteen to twenty plays right. on incomplete passes yeah. with the clock that starting really after it spotted. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Monday afternoon, Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews here at Franklin Tire, and we'd love for you to join us. Uh, I mean, you can stop by and say, hey, we've already seen two or three folks that we know right here at Franklin, but, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, You know, everybody knows them and how well uh, they can take care of folks, so that's where where people are bringing their vehicles. But, yeah, we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, some thoughts on the proposed college football rules. Again, the first three, I have no problem. Go ahead and do them, and, and... not many people will really notice. I mean, you might notice that, hey, the first half went by just a little quicker. But, I mean, if, if you're still stopping the clock on first downs in the final couple of minutes, that's when people are really more worried about the time anyway. Right. So, so I don't know that anybody would notice that. Everybody would notice yes. clock, the, the clock running after an incomplete pass and the ball set. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, now, now how would you feel about the clock runs once the ball is set. Like what like so so if you the incomplete right like the ball's not going to keep running after an incomplete pass. No. But then no. once the, once it's once it's whistled ready for play you that's start That's what I think that's what it is, clock, right? I mean that that yeah. would be That's what it is. That's less drastic than, than running is. the clock nonstop. It still would be a noticeable way to remove time and what was it Well, I guess you could I guess you could still spike the ball then what? if it's like yes. incomplete and then the official it would stop until the official reset. It wouldn't discourage hurry up offenses there at the end but it would it would shave time off of a game and what did they try a couple of years ago where they were going to run the clock after kicks right remember they tried to like, there, uh, there was a year oh yeah where but, they, you know that, would, that goes along with the thoughts of just do away with kickoffs right, right. They, they would they would run the clock as soon as like they, i think they'd keep running the clock after a team fielded a kickoff or a punt and they sort of shaved 30 45 seconds off of a game that way by i didn't running. know that they anybody intentionally did that i thought that was just uh no there a was crooked a, clock keepers i believe there was a year <laughs> i mean we can look into this but 
I'm pretty sure. Because I see that sometimes in ball games. I believe there was a year where the NCAA tried to run clock after kickoffs and punts in order to shorten the game that way, hmm. and the reaction was pretty pretty negative, and they got rid of it after that, a year. But that would have that 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 reaction would have been nothing compared to if this fourth yeah. one. I, I I think maybe they put that one out there just to have people go no way, so that they could pass the other right. three really easily. But I mean, if if they want to, if they want to shorten games, uh, I, I sort of like Dan's idea, just going to twelve minute quarters. Right? I mean, ra- rather than implementing rules changes right. that that take, yeah. take some of the spirit away from football. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Anything you want to talk about sports wise, uh, Dan? One of the things you were you were giving me some statistics earlier today. I don't know how we got into that. Well, no, it had to do with the topic we were just talking about because we, you know, one one of the reasons I think one of the reasons that networks are prioritizing shortening a game is because it's getting tougher to convince younger people to sit attention span to sit and watch for three hours or three and a half hours or something like that, and uh, and and if, as the games get longer, I think you run the risk of alienating. Younger viewers make and, the game, and make the game shorter so that they're more likely to stick around to the end. As as TV viewers, possibly, and then I think also there's the concern that that maybe they won't tune in at all if the games are long and seemingly inaccessible. We were we were looking at some numbers of you know, some polling that had been done of of younger people, and for whatever reason, uh, it does seem like the the. Uh, it's been over the last few generations. It, it takes, uh, you know, whether it's your teen years or your, your adolescence or young adulthood, uh, men especially have, have gradually become uh, bigger sports fans, or you see a percentage of interest in pro sports tick up as the, as, as, the genera- get. Yeah, as generations get older. And uh, Gen Z and the generation coming after Gen Z, Generation Alpha, you know, we're seeing numbers that are down kind of across the board as far as sports fandom goes. And I think those numbers are scaring the broadcast networks that sign these rights deals. I'll tell you what, it's scaring, scaring people that have stated, pe- people that are worried about selling seats. Selling tickets. tickets. I mean, you, you hear you're, John Cohen talked a little bit about that. I mean, so... And it, and it plays into what we were just sort of talking again. Not to make this a you know vilify the young people's show or anything like right. that, but it you know because because there are a lot of uh, there there are a lot of you know reasons why there are a lot of variables variables behind it. But it's uh, no, I, it, I think if you're if if you're invested in the growth of a sports league long term or in a college athletic department long term. Uh, trying to turn young people into fans and trying to turn more young people into into fans with a habit of of consuming sports is one of the big challenges you face over the next uh, a few uh, years and decades. Well, as 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 a as a true old, yeah. you know the the O U L D E. Yep. I mean, I could say you know when I was a kid. If you know when when you had a T if when you, when you had when you had T when you had a television. There were only like three options, yep. and on the weekends, if you're a kid, you're either watching a ball game, yep. you're, running uh, you're, out, you're running around playing, or if you're inside, about the only things that were on would be Mutual of Omaha's Wild mm-hmm. Kingdom, uh, maybe the Wide World of Sports, yeah. or a movie. And if a movie's on and you're watching it and the weather's nice, then your parents are, right. are Get chewing you, yeah, getting you outside to go play. They they drink some more of the hose and go play. You know, really? Play the they, they, yeah. didn't make, they didn't make 432 episodes of Bonanza in an era where Netflix <laughs> right. and no, Amazon. We weren't binging. We weren't binging those shows, and we didn't have a thousand <laughs> different options on the TV either. So, no, and so, so I think, I mean, it, it's with, with a lot of things, the... 
expected are, and unexpected competition from technology absolutely sort of veers in, and I think for 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 sports watching, uh, it's uh, kids that are, kids that are uh, you know that have had YouTube their entire lives uh, as as a, as an option, smartphones their entire lives, social media, social media, and cable cable uh, cable oh, television yeah. subscriptions are going down. And it, I think it's tougher yep. to I think it's tougher to develop a sports watching habit if you don't have cable television because uh, you, you're not gonna you know there are a lot a lot of games you're gonna miss. Yep. And, and, you know, and you might decide to, to not care about it at all. Well, and I mean, what about the Braves? Just think about the terrible decision they did. And the fact that you can't Valley watch sports. it. That's right. And you, but but something else is is COVID. There's no question yeah. COVID has had an effect. Younger younger folks, I mean, um, unable to play organized sports or attend organized sports. And there are other things that uh, they, they had to do. You grow into one of the ways you grow into a sports fan for, for a lot of people is going to high school football and basketball games and two years of that three years of that right. was disrupted for for, right. for a, you know for a generation I think yeah there could be there could be repercussions of that down the line too all right we'll get to our bottom of the hour break a half an hour to go wide open anything on your mind come on in and join us as we continue from Franklin tire. Some more yardage on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 25 minutes. I'm in that. Here on the <laughs> Monday Drive, Bill, Dan, and Brian here at Franklin Tire. Taking your calls, questions, comments, anything on your mind sports-wise. Uh, let's see now. Uh, once again, Wednesday night, Ole Miss coming in. Yes, 8 o'clock. An absolute must-win for Auburn. Yes. Uh, I think they would still – I think, they're, I think they, they're still in if they win that one to get and 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 finish nine and nine but i i sure wouldn't uh uh you know i i sure would would think that everybody feel a lot more comfortable if auburn could pick up oh, the, another the, win in addition to old miss yes. the ice underneath auburn gets real thin if you lose the old miss game because you've got three how solid do you feel though if auburn just wins that one Not and solid. loses out dan mm. And you're nine and nine. You're nineteen and 19 twelve. And 12 you nine lost and nine. nine out of twelve the com- down the stretch. The, the computers would say you have the resume of a tournament team. I worry about it, but though. it would be very close. And yep. the committee's not supposed to consider how a team is finishing, I right? I mean, it's not supposed to matter when you lose. Allegedly, yeah, every game matters, whether it was the opener or the closer. Uh, but you know, Auburn would be trending in the wrong direction for sure as a as a tournament team, and and may you know what. 19, what you be talking about, 19 and 12, 19 and 9 12. and 9? Yeah. What you couldn't do in that situation is you couldn't go to Nashville and lose to a non-tournament team. 
Well, and you'd likely be playing a non-tournament yeah. team. Yes, because you would. You wouldn't be in the top four. Yes, right. you would. So, so maybe, maybe a one and three finish down the stretch with a win against Ole Miss and a loss against the other three. Maybe that makes Auburn's first game maybe. in Nashville a must-win. Yeah, because oh, I think if so. you lose that one, you're nineteen and thirteen. Nineteen and, and thirteen. I, I, with I know I saw some. I know I saw some folks today saying, "Well, Alabama got in at nineteen and 13. Yeah, and they were they had nine quad one wins. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's not, has got two. Two. It's yeah. not just about the overall win loss record. It's not just about that. It's about a lot of other things. And if Auburn, yeah, I mean, you think about who Auburn be playing. I mean, if you, if Auburn were to were to follow you know all that up, go to Nashville, you lose to South Carolina or you lose to Georgia or something like that. Right. That that absolutely could burst your bubble and send you to the NIT instead of the uh, the NCAA tournament. And even if you win and lose the next one, you could be looking, you could be looking at the playing game. Right. I, I could be eating those words, Bill. We could be seeing Auburn in Dayton on well, Tuesday. Because I wanted to. No. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Mitch is up next. Hey, Mitch. In the day, Sir Charles's birthday. You know, as a matter of fact, I saw somebody else post that. I didn't double check it, but I saw somebody wishing him a happy 60th today. So yeah, I think you're right. How about the? uh, By the way, I, I know it made the rounds last week. How about the news that CNN? is thinking about Charles Barkley for one of its hours of primetime programming wow. for a Larry King Live-style interview show. Hmm. Uh, Charles Barkley could be one of the, uh, of, of the, of the hosts uh, CNN goes with as it reshapes its primetime lineup. That would be... He's he ar- do it. He's already in the Warner Brothers family as a... He's already in the Warner Brothers Discovery family as, a, as part of Turner Broadcasting. Um, it would be a big change for him as far as the subject matter he talks about on TV. But I also don't think it would be... Uh, it's not the craziest. Well, I don't think it's the, the, no. big, the, the yeah. biggest reach yeah. by any means. They've, they've given they've given less qualified people uh, talk shows. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I, you know, he include, can definitely yeah, talk. Yeah. So so I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be. You mentioned uh, Charles Barkley. I, I thought that news was really interesting. It's something to worry, something to follow. Well, that might be interesting. Well, well, happy birthday, Charles, and uh, happy birthday to my uh, best friend Craig. He's. Uh, I'll go ahead and say because I'm 53. He's 53. We graduated from high school together, but his birthday is today also. But um. Getting back to the rule changes, um, I kind of like the old rules back, I guess, before there was so much television, because I think back then, and, and, and Bill, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, I think during the game, if you ran out of bounds, the clock stopped. After first downs, the clock stopped. Obviously, after an incomplete, the clock stopped. But the game didn't last as long because about the only thing you could see on television was Notre Dame. Well, you know, also, nobody ran hurry-up back then either, though. I mean, um, that's one of the things that they talk about. But the commercial, look, there's no way you're going to give back ad time. I mean, that that time is here to stay, and probably they're always looking for extra ways. But. But 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 I'm but I'm old like you, and I like I kind of like the old rules because I mean I I don't care if a game is three and a half hours, maybe four hours. I mean more football is is better for me. But like Dan was saying, with the younger generation, they've got an extension uh, an attention span about the size of a gnat. So you know, with so many options out there now, because I still remember three nine and twelve. I still remember the Braves pretty much having half of their games or maybe more, uh, you know, on TVF. You could always catch. Oh yeah, 
Well, no one mentioned technology. Technology has made it easier to follow your team, you know, whether it's the MLB package or, you know, whatever streaming service you want to use, you know, to follow. You know, you can watch. It's it's never been easier to follow all the games of a team out of market than it is now. Uh, But it's never been easier to consume a lot of other content, too. And, and, you know, for for some younger folks, you know, know, maybe they'll grow into sports fans later. But right now it's... You know, they'd ra- they'd rather see what's on you know Netflix or TikTok or something. Well, you know, I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I, I think you know when we're listening, when when we're hearing some of these numbers and and talking about staying focused on something, you know, I, we're over on campus and we're constantly, um, you know, tr- hearing and learning about different ways of learning that that nobody. It's 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 a different thing being entertained as opposed to learning. But, I mean, you have more modules and things being used in education now where people don't feel like, you know, you, you should be able to have to sit there for 50 minutes or an hour and a half or something like that in a class that you're going you're gonna to retain it better What's when you're getting 5, 10, 15 minutes. Little uh, snippets of information as opposed to, you know, the long time of sitting there because of attention span. Interesting. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean you just... I didn't. I actually thought of something, and I'd forgotten that I'd done this. But uh, 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 Nielsen sent me uh, a questionnaire in the mail with, oh, yeah? Uh, uh, yeah, with 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 two one dollar bills in in the envelope, and and I filled it out and threw it back in the in the bill box. And the other day, they're like, "Thanks for responding," and I had a five dollar bill in the uh, <laughs> in in the envelope. Uh, so I was like, "Okay," I was like, "I totally forgotten about this," because I remember long long time ago they would like it would kind of like send you like a notebook and you would like write right. down what you watch you're like, supposed to keep up night. with what you watch every hour of every day right 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 and th- this was just like a little questionnaire so uh, like i said I'd, I'd totally forgotten about it well you know i mean i guess you can i guess you can shorten the games i don't know but brian's a big soccer fan i don't know why why don't we just do it like soccer and just have a constant running clock yeah that's that time at the end well no that's i mean i appreciate the phone call mitch and that that's sort of (laughs) what we would have with with uh uh if you if you didn't stop the clock after after incomplete passes i mean you'd you'd stop the clock when teams uh switch over you know offense to defense pretty much it that's pretty the only yeah pretty much the one of the best things about a soccer or football game is it's over in two hours and i didn't i didn't get or didn't really understand having the running clock at first but now it's great because you know you pretty much know you know yeah you know in mid-major college basketball follows i mean they they take tv breaks because there are tv timeouts media timeouts Mm -hmm. and like that but but it is near constant action with a lot of commercials at halftime to sort of make up for it and i do think that's uh, and and in the the bigger I'd say the the more high profile the broadcast gets the more TV breaks you have during the game and it slows the pace of the da- the game down it, it's amazing how if you watch a small school broadcast on ESPN plus it it doesn't it it's timed very differently right. than CNN's new, CBS's noon game or, or or something like that so it's um no it's, I also it's, wish college basketball would go to men's college basketball would go to quarters. I like to I like it's still the yeah, only like the basketball. System. Maybe that's why they're thinking, hey, they'll put in something that no other level of football does. 
because college basketball, men's college basketball, is the only level of basketball that doesn't play quarters. W- w- women's college basketball From goes peewee with, to high school, junior high, high school, mm, and NBA. Four ten-minute quarters with with teams in the double bonus after five yeah. fouls. I think is is a better system even than than the one that I think that Bruce they currently even said something in. about that. And while we're at it, Alabama needs a shot clock, right? Are we, are we, there, in, uh, are we there with a the shot clock yet in Alabama high school basketball? Oh, right. oh okay. Right. I thought you meant university. I'll, no. I say Alabama doesn't need a shot high, clock. High school, they don't have any trouble. High school ball oh, needs, yeah. needs, needs a shot clock, too, while, yeah, we're, gri- right. while we're griping about different rules. And uh, uh, what, what do you got, Brian? Uh, well, uh, Ferg, um, Justin Ferguson tweeted about this, but if you look on Auburn's roster now, they've designated the jack position, oh. uh, which is that outside linebacker edge type guy. Hmm. So the guys that are playing that position starting in the spring are Elijah McAllister, the Vanderbilt uh, transfer, uh, Keldrick Falk, uh, the, the signing they flipped from FSU on signing day, Britton Williams, of course, from Opelika, Hayden Bryce, who was a walk-on um, from Mississippi, and Dylan Brooks, who played a little bit last year as a, as a backup. Shout-out to uh, Eric Speakman, because I know uh, he listens a lot, and Brenton Williams, very proud. Yeah. Uh, Opelika Bulldog, I headed up there, too. That's who uh, I got. There you go. Good uh, job. Is that who you had? Yeah, yeah, Bill's bringing out the, his official, yeah. the official. I mean, I, again, I said it's in pencil, but that's who I had yeah. at, at, at the Jack. Nice to know that the university, I, nice to know that uh, Hugh agrees. I find myself forgetting about McAllister, too, which, which is oh, odd because yeah. he, be, he could be called upon for a lot of action. He's the most mm-hmm. experienced guy in the room. He's also the biggest one of the bunch. He's, he's the biggest one of the bunch. Keldrick Falk, as, as the first, what, uh, the first five-star Defensive player Auburn has signed out of high school since. Well, there's Owen, uh, but then, but but on the line you would have uh, Derek, uh, Derek, yeah. uh, Derek Brown, Derek Brown, Derek Brown, and uh, I, almost said, I almost said Derek Brown. And Marlon so may have been a five star. At some Marlon was a high four star yeah. by some. May have been a five somewhere. Yeah, but but it was the same year. Yeah, but there's so. you know, there's I think Keldrick Keldrick has the pedigree of a guy that plays. Very, oh, very he early. has to play because if you look at that position, it's a lot of, of inexperience, he also, right? He also looks like someone that can yeah. play. Man, yeah. he's a good-looking young guy. I, I think that's an Not area that if, if a good player was in the portal, Auburn would make a lot of effort to get, go get him, I think. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we uh, wind it down here on the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of the Monday Drive with Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Yep, uh, a week away from the start of spring football. Um, And this is a very big week in college basketball. Let's see, Auburn at Ole Miss. It's Kentucky Saturday, right? Then Alabama next midweek in Tennessee at home to wrap it up. That's correct. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's right. Ole Miss, Ole Miss at home Wednesday night. We will be. That's at, right. We're we'll, we're back at Big Mike's. We'll be at Big Mike's. Nice. Um, I, I'm going to be out this week, but uh, Big Mike's will be uh, a good time for well, you. Guys. That's two steaks for on Bill, Wednesday. Then. That's right, two steaks, double steaks. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do Cald- I need to come help you? Caldwell, sure. Caldwell <laughs> might be there. Yeah, Jason, he's, he's, Jason uh, will be there in wow. the uh, first hour, and then uh, the and next it's an eight o'clock game, so right. plenty of time for folks. To be able to come by and uh, it's a and, good meal, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Next, next home game is the, and, and I don't know if Auburn has seniors for Senior Day necessarily. I don't know who Auburn would recognize from this year's team as a as a senior. Um, um, well, but, Zepp is a senior. Oh, Bill you're right. Yeah, is a senior. 
No, Dylan's a junior. Is he? I think Zep Zep might be the only one truly out of eligibility in college basketball following the season. So Zep would get recognized on on senior day. I think that's probably it from the scholarship players. Maybe there's a walk-on or two. Uh, but that would be uh, uh, that would be Saturday, March third or M- March fourth. Uh, Auburn's next home game after Wednesday when they play Tennessee. Jalen and Flanagan are, is, are seniors. Absolutely, uh, Bob is a senior. Yeah, Leor's so. a senior. So that's five scholarship yeah. guys right now since uh, Leor got put on scholarship. J- Jalen and Allen could use a COVID year and yeah, stay if they wanted to. They I could. think, but 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 I would expect them to go through senior day as well. Yeah. I, I would think that both of them and and stretch as well. We think so. And that's yeah. what's interesting, Brian, in that Auburn. So you're four for one, stretch. Auburn just has one, one signee. signee, right? So that's something I'll be working on in the coming weeks. That would be a suggestion coming that, back that Bruce might be looking to the transfer portal to add. They've got to as soon because because that window opens. Uh, I haven't looked at that. Right, no, right, right, right it's, after. It's right, right after the, the, right after the, the tournament. Championship. Or it's, after right. the, it's after the championship. So it'll be early April. I forget. We looked into this. If the window opens after the bracket is unveiled or after the championship game. Ooh, because there, there is remember. a difference as to those remember. two things. I thought it was after conference championships. Maybe. I think, I think because the trans- that's, what, that's, that's when it was for football. I think the transfer portal in basketball opens the day, the, uh, the day after the bracket is revealed. That Monday hmm. would, would fit as the first, uh, the first of the 45 days that, that there would be. very unfair for teams to be doing that. But today. I think the reason they would do that is to extend the hand of the teams that don't make the NCAA tournament to allow them to get a head start hmm. on recruiting while teams that are in the tournament are focused on having to get ready for the tournament. My, now, I, I could be wrong about maybe, this, maybe. but I think the transfer portal window opens for college basketball the Monday after uh, the NCAA tournament is revealed and not the Monday after the national championship game. 60-day window opening the day after championship selections are made. Okay, I so think that's when the Sunday, postseason right, is revealed. Yeah. That would be yeah, yes. Cha- championship selections would so be the would be the unveiling of the bracket. Of the bracket right, on Sunday, right? And the turn and the window would open the Monday after. So that, basically that, two that weeks from next now, right? day, or no, three weeks. The next day, the transfer portal opens. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because the SEC tournament is the is is the the weekend after Auburn's. So selection Sunday would be March twelfth. Sunday, March twelfth. Mm-hmm. That would be the if, if so there's means starting March 13th, the 60 day window. Monday, March 13th, for, for the open the transfer portal, which is uh, pretty soon, guys. I really yeah, feel like <laughs> there could be some other movement with the basketball team. We'll see. I have not got this specifically from anybody, but I just I just feel like Auburn has got to go out and get a bigger guard or two. They Aub- just Auburn's got, got to. well, Auburn's got to get a just a deadly shooter, right? Guard. They've got to have a wing that can just. Drill it. Yep. I mean, Aiden Holloway's come in, but he's a six-four. Uh, I guess point, a point guard. guard slash. Yeah, he's more of a point. Maybe. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like, and again, you got to be careful reporting on these things because we don't have like concrete info. But it sounds like Auburn is well positioned in NIL space to go out and get these kind of players if they can land on. Well, I, mean, I think the feeling is, yeah, Auburn, yeah. Auburn, Auburn can compete. Yeah. On the NIL, right? We asked we asked John Cohen a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and John, John Cohen's answer was more about sort of where this thing, how the, the what shape this is taking nationally, yep. and where federal regulation mm-hmm. may right. come from. Uh, but he also included in that answer that, that he believes Auburn is in a position to compete and uh, if, with, with just about any. Jalen and Flanagan leave. They need they need a starting three and a starting four. Absolutely, and those are two big high profile positions for a team. So now Auburn's got a guard they're feeling pretty good about coming from. Uh, uh, for, uh, Phil, Phil uh, 
Phil, Philbin, right? Philon? Yeah, Philon. Uh, that's yeah, now 24 it's 24. Class. That's 20. Yeah, you're right. That's 24. So, yeah, you, I mean, they've, got, they've got a year where they both, got a, Both those. I mean, they've got three guys got for 24. Three great commitments for that. Class. Right. they yes. got a bridge they have to build next year to, yes. to, until they've got to do it through the portal. Yeah, they got sure. Pettiford and, and Philon, uh, Philon, and then uh, Marshall. Yes. Peyton Marshall, the, the big guy. But, yeah, um, I mean, if all those guys are gone after this year, you've got huge holes. Yeah. To fill for for next season. So senior day will be uh, on the March uh, March fourth. That is the last home game of the Tennessee. year for Auburn. Uh, they, they host Tennessee, uh, but the second last penultimate home game of the year for Auburn uh, tomorrow night against or Wednesday night against Ole Miss. And I guess three and four possibilities are Westry and and Trey o. I should, I should have mentioned sure. those guys for sure. Sure, but I mean I think you'd you'd like a little insurance. Yeah. Definitely. All right, uh, Brian. Got about a minute or so here again. Let everybody know all that's going on. I mean, there's so much. Uh, going on right now, and, and you can find a ton of information about everything there at Auburn Sports. Absolutely, uh, we'll have, and we'll have plenty more this week. We've got a, a exclusive interview with you, uh, Freeze. It's only 15 minutes long. We had a really short time period, but that is available through our site. Or I get it through my Apple Podcast. I think you can get it on your Amazon mm-hmm. Podcast, however that works. Um, we'll have plenty of coverage of basketball, baseball, football practice starting in a week. Um, I'm writing a, a third or fourth story from an interview with John Cohen here coming up for tomorrow. Uh, all that more, recruiting, AuburnSports.com, follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. And, uh, well, Brian, it, yeah, it's going to be going to be a busy week. Baseball out of town this week. Yep. Uh, basketball is in town, and then everybody getting ready for the start of spring football. Dan, I know you're, you're, you're heading um, down south. Yeah. And, uh, to Mobile and Hattiesburg. That's right? right. Hattiesburg on Wednesday night for a big <laughs> one for the Trojans. Uh, they they can uh, they can win the conference with two wins this week. Uh, Southern Miss re- really good team, so it's going to be an exciting one. There Southern Miss is in the mix too. They got a coach, Joy Lee McNellis, who's been there 19 years. She's never won a conference title in 19 seasons at Southern Miss. So this is a big year and a big opportunity for them as well. So yeah, should be should be some high stakes basketball in the Sun Belt this week. I'll be back for like a day <laughs> next week, and then and then All it's day. on and then it's on to. Pen- it's tournament time. And then it's on to Pensacola for the Sun Belt Tournament. And, uh, college basketball season winding down. But a really great time to follow not just Auburn, uh, but but mid-major college basketball as yeah. well. It's an awesome time of year as the uh, as the t- as, as things tighten up for these uh, for these teams. I'm planning on being back tomorrow, so hopefully <laughs> uh, hopefully you, our listeners, will will join in. Uh, but we're out of time here again. Really appreciate David and all the great folks here at Franklin Tire. For the support and obviously 